the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. This is I on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of I on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I Am Real Estate, and I'm co-hosting the show with Stephen Ebert. And I tell you, he's our legal expert. He's one of the brightest guys that I know. I call him the real estate encyclopedia. He knows every answer. And what I really want to stress is I see so many people um, use, like, you know, a brother-in-law. I had someone the other day. He said, oh, there's a guy advertising in the penny savers. I'm like, please. You don't want to take the largest investment and use somebody who's advertising in the penny savings, okay, who really doesn't understand real estate. And there's so many things that can go wrong. And believe me, I've been in the business a long time. I've seen so many things get screwed up because of the attorney that didn't know what they were doing. So when I tell you that it's really essential to use a real estate firm that specializes in real estate, and Stephen, you're specializes in real estate, would you want to tell us some of the things and some of the stories of things that go wrong or could happen that people don't even realize and why it's important? Yeah, absolutely, Dottie. You know, so the firm, I mean, we have four offices, you know, two in New York, we're right by Grand Central, and then we're in Purchase, Westchester, right by White Plains, very close to Greenwich, Connecticut, and then we're in Dallas and in Phoenix. And we really do every type of real estate transaction you can think of. Sort of somebody, a first-time buyer of a tiny studio co-op to major developments. We also represent a lot of lenders in affordable housing, multifamily, commercial mortgage-backed securities, um, specialty lending products, balance sheet lending. So what's nice about that is we're we're touching transactions so many different ways. You know, I I was helping a a co-op you know, that we represent, negotiate their management contracts. So you see these different pieces and you can see the different forces that influence a transaction and where things are going. And, and so that's where really sort of the thought process is on. And what's interesting is, you know, we still see lenders lending money for new projects, which is very important. I mean, um, my understanding is that, you know, Blackstone is investing um, they're receiving funds to invest in real estate to the tune of half a billion dollars a week, and that's just one fund. Um, so there's a lot of money that's out there and also money on the sidelines. I mean, we still see a lot of international investors. You know, the investors from China ha- have really disappeared, but that's not a comment on our market. It's really more a comment on restrictions back in mainland China, um, as an example. Um, 
So, but we still see a very healthy, robust market where people are very interested in doing transactions here, which I think is very important. So, I, you know, I want to make sure people don't look at the headlines and all of a sudden take the headlines too far. Because I think there's a good saying, you know, things are never as good as they seem, but they're also never as bad as they seem, right? There's way more past the headline that we see, you know, in the market. And yeah, what's but I'd interesting like to is- point out, Stephen, because I've been in the business so many years, and I've seen people whose deals generally fell apart because they used some attorney that, like, was kind of a general attorney who really didn't know what they were doing. Out or didn't know how to negotiate right or didn't um, really understand how to do a transaction. And people don't realize the importance of using a seasoned real estate attorney. And I would really love if you would point out some situations in how it makes such a big difference. Absolutely. And, um, and it really does make a difference. So let's say, for example, you have a client who wants to buy in a condominium. And, you know, you might be the perfect buyer. You might have great credit, great job, assets saved up, but you're buying within a community. So how strong is that building? Well, what are the things to look for? And you want to look at it. How does it affect the resale? How does it affect getting a mortgage? And how does it affect my quality of life? And a good example is, and we're about to head into another cycle of it, is Local Law 11. Every five years, buildings that have brick or stonework have to have their pointing reexamined, and they might have to um, have you know, scaffolding up to fix that work. Sometimes it's very small. Sometimes it's very extensive and expensive and takes time. Well, how do you have a sense of how much money should be set aside? Are there going to be assessments? Is it, by the way, going to have an impact, right? If you're looking at buying an apartment with a balcony, you thought, great, I'm going to go into contract now, I'll close in February, and all of a sudden spring will be around the corner, and watch out, you guys had scaffolding up and you missed your whole summer that you thought you'd be on the balcony taken out from you, right? So sometimes it could even be just a simple quality of life. But the other thing is, you know, what kind of amenities, right? A very important part of your living experience is what kind of amenities does the building have or not have? And sometimes, (coughs) excuse me, they're just basic items, but sometimes they're very extensive. Well, what obligation does the building have to keep the amenities, right? There are some buildings that you feel like you're you're buying into a luxury hotel. They'll have room service. They'll have all sorts of things. and, And you paid a premium for that. Well, what are the obligations for them to maintain that? What if things get too expensive? You know, those are some of the things. I have a friend that's in a building in the city. I won't mention which one it is. And so the building needs repairs. It it definitely needs a lot of repairs. And obviously, if they continue not to do them, um, it's really going to affect their long-term price. Now, when you're in a building and you're not in a single-family home where you can decide to do what you want, they they have a board and they take a vote and there's a lot of people uh my friends really frustrated there's a lot of people who really say hey listen we don't want to spend the money we want to just keep our mortgage payments and they're not really interested in the future 
uh, they're not interested in what goes on down the road. And it's not even because they're selling. They just want to keep the mortgage pay- their payments as low as they can. And so I advise them to bring an, a real estate attorney to the board and point out the pluses and the minuses of doing that. Um, because when you're in a building and there's votes, and it's really important to know what things have to be done and what condition that building is and if they have the funds to even do them. Um, and, and, and that's really hard information to know. And even if you get all of the, you know, you get them to give you all the information, I, I really think that's a hard thing to go through yourself. I think a real estate attorney plays such an important role in that. Um, and the average attorney does not know anything about it. I also see that, and, and I've been in the business so long, that if it's an inexperienced attorney, and, you know, sometimes at the closing there are some issues that have not been resolved or somebody will bring up an issue the last minute. And depending on how the attorneys, their experience and how they know how to negotiate that properly, sometimes things will blow up when they shouldn't have blown up just because of an attorney's inexperience. So I am a really big proponent that in one of the largest investments that you would buy, that you should really go to somebody who really knows their stuff. And that's why you're on the show and your firm is on the show because I I think you're one of the best real estate firms in the city, and I I really believe that. Um, I'm sure you can tell us stories of things that people didn't anticipate that just happened and you guys resolved. Do you have any stories that you you can – or or things that people should watch out for, whether it's a single-family home or a building? Absolutely. There's a ton of things. So first off, and thank you for saying what you're saying, Dottie, and then we'll get back to conditions in the building. I'll add one more point. It's not always just who you hire, but who from the firm shows up. You know, there could be, there are some fine firms out there, but what happens is for a variety of reasons, the attorney you think you've hired is there in the background, and then they have somebody who's six months out of law school show up for your closing, and they really don't have a feel. You know, one of the things so that we you, do is we don't chop, chop up so a transaction you ask and that say. Question? Should a person say, "Look, if you're the attorney I'm hiring, are you going to are are you going to be are you going to handle the deal a hundred percent yourself, or are you going to give it to somebody else?" I mean, I think that's you a definitely want to know who's there. working on it. Yeah, I mean, look, nobody can be a hundred percent everywhere every single day. But you definitely want to know, are you the one that's really doing the bulk of the transaction? Are you there? Or is it really more of a chop shop where you feel like you have one attorney at the helm and then people are just running around sending things out? Very important to understand the relationship that you're going to have um, with the attorney and their staff. And there are a few other important things I want to mention, too, and then we'll get back to some of the closing nightmares or things that come up. The ancillary items. It's amazing how few people ask me about how our office is set up. For example, we have our own office space. There are a lot of attorneys that share offices with other firms. Well, how is your data being addressed? You know, you look at a photocopier or a multifunction printer these days, they are very sophisticated devices. And when your documents are being scanned or copied, those images are retained on the hard drive of those devices. Well, 
you just photocopied my driver's license. You just photocopied my tax return. Where is that going to be? How is that preserved? How is that protected on data security? And does your law firm also have insurance, not only malpractice, not only fidelity bonds to protect escrow deposits against theft, but also what about cybersecurity? We have all those items, right? So there, you know, how, do, how do actually people log into the system? To protect that, I mean, you hear about all the stories of credit, you know, uh, uh, of data breaches. Well, what's really done to protect the data? So there's a lot more questions that clients should be asking, in addition to just the legal services as well, which is so important because this is really a data-rich area. And in fact, if you look at studies, the real estate industry, more so than aerospace and defense, more so than pharmaceuticals, they're all up there. The real estate industry is the number one industry attacked by cyber hackers because it's such a data-rich environment. It's highly fragmented, and there's a lot of in and outs because they hire people, do a transaction, and then they're done. You don't have quite the same continuity of relationship. So you've got to be very, very careful you know, who you're working with you know, in that regard. Now, going to some of the stories... I mean, you know, first of all, the preparation. I mean, I still saw people like calc- making calculations at the closing sometimes, which things should be done in advance. Um, but I think on the client, you got to do your final walkthrough, your final inspection. Oh. So many times people say, oh, I'll get to it, and, you know, what could happen? And if you don't do that, you take the risk. And if you call up a week later, oh, I didn't realize that this wasn't working, you're sunk. You're absolutely sunk in that regard. So you got to do your walkthrough and do it thoroughly. Don't be rushed. And then if you see something that isn't what you thought it was, like if they said that the washer and dryer were working and they're not, then you immediately call up your attorney and tell them you don't wait till it's too late and you move in. <laughs> because then, as Stephen said, there's nothing you can do. And I've even seen, and I really mean this, I've seen, like, in a listing, and that's really important. It says, you know, what they're leaving. So it'll say washer and dryer. But it doesn't list the brand and the name. And if you don't have that in your contract, somebody can take the washer and dryer, their brand-new washer and dryer, out and put an old one in. And because you don't have specifically in it the brand and the year of the washer and dryer, you can... You know, as you just says, leaving washer and dryer, then you're you're thinking you're getting this, and you are getting a washer and dryer, but not the one you thought. So there's so many little things that I really we, believe people really have to get somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, you got to be careful. There are ways to write it. You know, it should be as is when you're going into contracts. So if that is the washer dryer there, that should be the one that's in there. Um, what I would say is that when you do that final walkthrough, your broker should be there by your side, taking you through it, making sure you double check. Now, maybe in some cases, depending on the property, sometimes I've seen they'll have their home inspector come by for a quick follow-up to do a double check with them. And that's sort of case by case, depends on what's going on. But what I always tell people, if there is an issue, first of all, we all have cell phones nowadays. You can take a picture. You can take a video. Do that and have that and send it. So 
So there's a record of it. And also, don't leave the site until a plan of action is put forth, right? Don't do your walkthrough, then come to the closing, and then halfway through say, oh, by the way, what are we doing with that washer-dryer? Immediately speak up while you're there saying, are you calling the repairman now? What's going on here? Right? Do not walk away from it until you have that in because it'll just hold you up and in, you'll create you know, a situation that's less than satisfactory. And for buyers, we all know interest rates have gone up. During COVID, rates were very stable and banks were very lax about charging extension fees. Now, that's not the case. And so if somebody says, oh, I got to close today because otherwise I'm going to pay an extension fee of $2,000, is the seller going to feel pressed to give you that $500 for the appliance repair? Because they know it's going to cost you more money if the closing's adjourned. So be very careful of what information that you relay out there to the other side, um, because there are definitely pressure points that your counterparty could have on you. Very, very important. You know what I never understood? I know in Florida, I mean, they don't even have, I mean, you don't have to use an attorney in Florida. And I guess legally you don't have to use an attorney in New York City if you don't want to. But I really don't can't imagine on an investment that you don't because there's so many little things. I, and, I, and I can't tell you how many closings I've been in where the seller will wait till the closing and then all of a sudden bring up, something they didn't bring up before and say, by the way, uh, if I, you know, if I don't get this off, you know, this amount off, I'm not going to buy the house. And the way the attorneys negotiate that can make or break a deal. So you want to have a seasoned attorney that knows how to negotiate. Um, and sometimes when somebody's, I don't want to say that anyone that's new is not good, but sometimes if someone doesn't have that experience, they really don't know how to negotiate. And I've watched that happen where the deal blows up or one party got everything they wanted and the other party got nothing. So I think it, it's, it's so important. And I think that when you're what, – what I'd like to you to tell our, our listeners is when you're hiring an attorney, what questions would you advise them to ask if you're a buyer Absolutely. or a seller? Yeah, and, and, and before you even listen to questions, you're right. You can't force someone to hire an attorney, but it would be incredibly foolish. You're going into a very expensive transaction, and, and the attorney fee is actually generally the smallest category of costs. Um, and, and there's no one else. I mean, not, not to take away from the other professionals on the transaction, but there's no one else who is unequivocally in the client's corner. Right. The attorneys, they don't, you know, whether you're a broker or a title company or a lender, you only get paid if it closes. The attorney is not in that same position, which is a very, exactly. very important one. And our job is to tell you the good news and the bad news, whatever that may be. And oh, I think we're actually about to run out of time. So I think next time we can get into the criteria to look at. Um, but you know what? Keep your eyes open. There's definitely an active market, and there's active opportunities and good opportunities out there for everyone. Yeah. Stephen, you've been great. Have a great weekend. It looks like it's turning out to be beautiful outside. I think it's still going to be warm. 
So enjoy, and thank you. You're a wealth of knowledge. I don't know what I'd do without you. Um, have a great weekend, you and your family, and we'll be back next week. But I have a great guest coming on that will be on right after our commercial break. Great. Okay, Mr. and Mrs. Local Business Owner, do you get calls from multiple digital marketing firms trying to sell you the quick fix to your marketing challenges? Maybe you've bought the latest tactic that some hotshot sold you and you're wondering where your results are. The problem is you know you need to market your business, but trusting a partner, well, that's been a challenge. Our solution for many local business owners is through our digital marketing solutions, Salem Surround. Salem Surround is unique because we're based on the same guiding principles that Salem Media is. We actually care about our clients and we're accountable to our results. The same care that we deliver our radio content to you is the same we do with all our digital marketing services. So reach out to us at SalemSurround.com today and we'll consult with you about your individual needs and create a customized plan to actually do what you need your investment to do. That's SalemSurround.com, a full-service digital marketing solution for your business. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying our show and learning a lot. And as I will quickly tell you, as I said, if you're out there buying, continue. Just continue looking. It's work. But when you want to buy the house that you really want to, it's work. 
And, you know, when I bought one of my houses, um, this house was on the market a while, and then all of a sudden the husband got a transfer and the wife stayed behind, and then she just got sick of, of she just got sick of waiting, so, you know, being away from her husband, so they just made a price drop, you know, like quickly. So I want to give you a tip of the day if you're a, a, a buyer. If you're a buyer and you make an offer and the seller declines it, don't take the offer away. Just say, okay, I, you know, I hope you get a better offer, and if you get a better offer, great. But I am leaving my offer as a standing offer. So if you do get a better offer, that's better for you. So be it. But if you don't, I'm leaving my offer. And, you know, I'm leaving my offer on you so that you have it. Because a lot of times, especially if a seller has just put their home on the market. And again, when you you ask your broker, gee, did they put it on the market recently? Because more than likely, if they just got, you know, if they put it on like within the week, they might not be, you know, they might say, listen, I'm not going to take a lower price yet. I just had it on a week. And, and, and eventually, sometimes the first offer they get is the best offer they have. So if you're turned down and you like the home, leave that standing offer there. You never know. They might take it. It's happened to many people I know. And the worst that can happen is you find a, better, a, a different house and you don't, and you don't, you know, you don't need to do that. But you don't lose anything by that. So remember that if you if you don't have an accepted offer, doesn't mean you have to pull it out. Just leave it as a standing offer. And if they get something better, so they won't they won't take it. But they might not. A lot of times, as I said, their first offer is better, and they don't even get an offer like that again. And if you're a seller, remember that also, and remember that terms are just as important, if not more important. So don't just look at the price. Look at the terms of the the offer. And with that, um, we are going to have Layla Maiden, and Layla is an investing correspondent in the markets divisions out of New York. She covers stocks, commodities, and crypto. She also profiles highly successful stock traders and funds managers about their strategies. Additionally, she is the host of Block Street, an on-camera business insider feature that interviews key players about the crossroads between traditional and digital markets. She made the switch to journalism after being a foreign policy and international relationships. She is an award recipient from the Society of Professional Journalists, and she can be reached at LHMaiden at Insider.com. Maiden, are you on the line? I am. Layla? Hi, Dottie. How are you? Fine. I am so excited to speak to you, and I'm so glad that you agreed to be on the show. And I'd love you to tell our audience a little about what you did. I kind of give them in technical forms and how you got into doing that and what made you go well, into that. Well, you know, for the longest time, I thought um, – going into international relations and foreign policy, and I I did some of my junior training at the UN, I thought, you know, that's the best way to sort of help people, you know, because it was a a way, you know, the UN does work, a lot of great work all over the world, but it's a very big organization. And I just found that it was almost too big to really – help people the way they wanted to be helped, which was to be empowered to follow their own dreams and, you know, 
make their own money and be able to sort of live out their life. And so I became a reporter, specifically an investing reporter, um, and I cover all avenues of investing, whether it's real estate, stock market, crypto, uh, because there's so many different avenues and ways that we can um, improve our lives and increase, you know, our financial well-being. And that path to financial freedom or even more financial stability is going to look different for everybody, whether it's real estate or whether it's the stock market. And so I cover all of that stuff. So let me ask you a question. You know, the beginning of the show, I think I took about 13 papers out, you know, that I bought yesterday. And every head, and I read the headlines. Everyone said, you know, who said we're going to go into recession? Who said we're already in a recession? Who said 2023 is going to be a disaster? We won't come out of this till 2024. Um, who said uh, jobs are going to decline? There's so many conflicting. You know, we're in kind of a time that's kind of of, of a lot of uncertainties. Um, and so there's a lot of ways to make money. And, of course, there's no 100% guarantee in any investment. But I can tell you this, if you never do anything with your money, if you put it under a pillow or under the mattress, it's not going to do anything. So let me ask you, with investments in general, what are you seeing today? Well, I'm seeing, I mean, it's no surprise the stock market is having a volatile time. Um, crypto just had a huge exchange explode and take billions of dollars of investor money with it. I'm seeing an extreme amount of volatility and an extreme amount of risk. But one thing that's interesting through all of this is because I have many sources, uh, Dottie, from all, all of the different areas. And the sources that I interview from the real estate side, you know, they seem to be doing pretty okay relative to, you know, people that are holding other kinds of investments. And and I'm not saying, I'm not just talking about mega real estate investors. I'm talking about uh, it, everyday Americans. Like I have a, a pastor and his wife that, that uh, began investing in real estate a couple of years ago. I have a military veteran. She left the military and started investing in real estate. And all of my sources that own real estate, they're doing pretty okay right now in the market. That's true. And, you know, next week's show, I'm going to talk about how so many people have become millionaires, regular people who just really bought, and not huge, like, you know, big, big, big investments, who just bought investments over time and parlayed their money and really are in a position where, you know, they can live off their investments. Um, so you have to know what you're doing. But with such volatility, and again, like I said, there's a lot of predictions in real estate. Who says we're going to be in a recession? Who said we're not? I think the stock market had a great day the other day. Um, what do you see? Um, you know, do you see the same thing that I'm seeing, a lot of volatility and uncertainties? Um you know, you know, yeah, and what are your clients like? What are the? I mean, and, and since you cover all investments, uh, what, is there any particular investments that you're seeing more people go into? I just saw the cyber currency that really crashed um, well, in a big I'm, way. 
I mean, for my readers, I'm seeing a high uptick interest in real estate the most right now, just because every other sector um, is taking a hit. Look, we have to remember the last two years have been unprecedented um, in terms of a global pandemic. We have a war right now in Ukraine supply chain issues with China having its zero COVID policies. So in the past, you know, I could pick up the phone and call an economist and say, hey, you know, what's the forecast for the economy? And they would have their usual indicators and say, you know, based on this indicator, this is what we think because, you know, economically the market goes through cycles and we know there's boom and bust cycles. But right now there's so many different factors and we have 40-year high inflation right now. Think about that. Most money managers, fund managers, haven't experienced that in their entire career. So even uh, the top leading fund managers um, are sort of navigating through uncertain uh, an environment they've never been in before. So we're all kind of just watching and waiting to see what happens. So depending, I guess, when... Well, first of all, how do people get in touch with you? How do they reach you? Well, they could just Google my name, Layla Maiden, L-A-I-L-A, last name M-A-I-D-A-N, and my business insider profile will pop up, and and my email is right there, and I, you know, I do read emails whenever I have a chance, Um, and, you know, I'm always looking for people that have had, you know, success stories, especially in real estate these days, because other people want to hear about, you know, it's just on the news, it's a lot of doom and gloom lately. And I've been trying as much as covering the realism, you know, I've been trying to cover the success stories as well. So if anybody out there has that success story, especially in real estate, I would love to hear from them. So please keep that in mind because as I did, as I read the articles, you know, they are, you know, I guess doom and gloom sells papers. But I have found, look, I've been in the real estate market forever, and I have found that the, 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 the first of all, the underwriting for real estate in the last couple of years is nothing like 2008 when we had that whole financial disaster. Um, people had to put more money down. If you go back to 2008, um, they had such a, they had mortgages that were called stated income, which you could make up how much you made. As long as your credit was good, you could say, I make $2 million. And they sold houses to people that really couldn't afford them. And that has not been the case in the last couple of years. The underwriter has been strict. And um, if you bought a house in the last two years, and it's very rare that in two years your equity will go up, but if you buy a house in the last two years, you have equity. And even if the market, because the market has cooled a bit, um, you're still going to make money. I mean, we have a commercial coming up, so I'm going to take a quick break. But I kind of think that real estate is a safer investment uh, for most people if you could hold it. But we'll talk about that as soon as our break is over.
Listen up, ladies. There's finally a probiotic created just for women. Probiotic HX Women is formulated to include clinically proven strains of probiotic to optimize vaginal pH and create a normal bacterial environment in the body. Many women have experienced an imbalance in the vaginal microbiome and know just how bothersome it can be. Our formula contains a powerful combination of healthy bacteria to promote urinary tract health and helps to restore healthy vaginal flora. Containing lactobacillus strains shown to be effective in targeting the bacteria that cause UTIs. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Buy one bottle of Probiotic HX Women at retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Taking care of all aspects of your health is important to women. Call now, 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. If you love Broadway, movies, and music, then tune in to Broadway at the Russian Tea Room, Sunday afternoons at 5. Host Rob Taub interviews the biggest stars, writers, and directors, plus film and theater critics, along with people behind the scenes, from doctors and fitness experts to casting directors, stagehands, and dressers. It's the only show of its kind, and it's right here on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, I just spoke to my buddy Alex Cancella at Route 22 Toyota, and he told me that anyone looking to beat these ridiculous gas prices should get over to see them at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey. That's because they've got one of the area's largest inventories of new Toyota vehicles, including the most fuel-efficient vehicles, like the 39-mile-per-gallon Toyota Camry, the 41-mile-per-gallon RAV4 Hybrid, or the one that started it all, Toyota Prius, which gets a combined 56 miles per gallon. No need to re- mortgage your house just to fill up the tank call route 22 toyota at 973-705-8905 let them show you which fuel efficient toyota is right for you plus they're making it easier than ever to get out of your gas guzzler by offering 125 percent of book value on your trade that's right any make any model 973-705-8905 schedule an appointment at route 22 toyota they'll give you 125 percent book value towards a fuel efficient toyota and remember tell them joe piscopo sent you Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're, we're back, and we're talking about different investments and what you see. So could you give us, you know, I'm reading a lot of articles, and they're all different, but the U.S. inflation rate is starting to slow. Do you see that it will slow? It's going to take a while for I mean, I, I think they want it to get down to two. Do you see that happening anytime soon? Daddy, I think it's going to be tough uh, to see 2% for a while. Um, even taking into consideration housing, housing itself compromises 30% of the inflation measure, but um, the uh, shelter indicator lags 
uh, by about nine to 12 months. And so I spoke to a housing economist recently that said housing inflation might not actually peak until next spring. And so that's probably also going to have an impact on keeping inflation up. And look, the seven, uh, the, the, the percentage that we saw in the CPI come down, um, there were some uh, economists that were saying that's based on a technical adjustment and not actually because inflation is coming down. So I think we have to wait and see until the first quarter uh, of next year to see where inflation is to give us a better idea of what's happening on that end. But I do think we may start to come down uh, a, a little bit, but we may reach 4, 4.5% as what I'm hearing from, from some economists that are a bit contrarian uh, about the 2%. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a while. And um, I'm hoping, because I'm hoping that the feds have don't raise interest rates too much more. I'm I'm hoping, I mean, I don't think anyone knows for certain, but with I think inflation came down a little bit, I think. So I think hopefully they won't increase interest rates the way that they did. Um, but even if interest rates are high, because I, told, I tell everybody, I bought my house, my first house, I think the interest rates were 15% or something of that sort. And I took, an, a, you know, an adjustable mortgage, and I waited till the interest rates came down, and then I refinanced it. Um, but when your clients ask you information, like, you know, again, everyone's individual, so you would take into consideration their personal, you know, their personal goals and their personal objectives. Uh, but how would you compare, st- I mean, because since you cover all investments, and we talk about real estate, you know, a lot or mostly, now, so many people made money in the stock market, like, you know, over t- over the last year or two, and then all of a sudden they kind of s- stopped. Would you think that real estate, if it's purchased right and if people can hold it, because I always say the only time people really get hurt in real estate is if they bought at a high and then they have to sell, like when the market's down. I mean, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um I think the the thing that deters especially a lot of young people from moving towards real estate and they'll maybe just jump into the stock market is they think that real estate is is too hard, it's not accessible, it's hard to start where, you know, the stock you can buy fractions and people tend to just go the easier quick route, but I'll tell you this, um most of the people that I interview that are you know in their early 20s and and are financially free, like they don't have to have a job, it's because they bought real estate. And most of them didn't start with having money. Um, Most of them had to figure it out, whether it was through an FHA loan or a line of credit. Um, Because you can get line of credit, too, which is an interesting way that some people do it. And, and 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 they slowly, gradually build. And here's the biggest tip that I got recently from someone who started buying real estate as a college student and now is financially free don't go for the best house you know on the street or the most expensive one you always want to be below the u.s median price of a home which is right now four hundred thousand. and you always also want to be below your market uh value so if you're in a market where the average home is 150k you want to be below that so that when recession does hit 
you're kind of cushioned from that because it's the it's the more expensive real estate that usually gets impacted. And so you can start in real estate with no money and you can start by buying properties that are within reach. And right now there's a lot of people that are sitting on cash waiting for what they think is going to be a 20% correction in the real estate market next year and they're going to be buying that. I mean, again, everything is a guess. I don't see a 20% correction. But, you know, again, we're talking nationally, so there might be some areas. But I don't see real estate in the tri-state necessarily coming down 20% unless a property was really listed well overpriced. I see the market cooling, and I see, and again, hopefully interest rates don't go up too much. But even if they do go up, you can always refinance. I think you have to get in it. And I think there are so many ways to get into real estate, as you said, that don't require a lot of money. You could go FHA, you know, you can, if you're a veteran, obviously you can put no money down. Um, There's just a lot of different ways and a lot of different types of mortgages that, that you can use to get into the market. And again, as I said, if you don't have to sell at the wrong time, if you have staying power, and you can hold it or you could rent it if you had to. Um, I think most, if, if I, you know, I'm going to do something next year on most millionaires and self-made millionaires, many of them made it through real estate. And I know people, truthfully, and I've been in the business, I don't know, 35 years. And when I started, I used to see people, I, I'm telling you, they didn't even have a high school education. But they actually started very small buying properties and a point that you made that I couldn't stress enough is go to the area don't mix up areas find an area that you like and do not buy the most expensive house in the area buy the cheapest house in the area because the more expensive houses will pull the value of your home up or if you buy the most expensive house in an area the cheaper houses will pull your value down so I think that's such expert advice that's a great point. And about the correction, I think most of it is coming from markets where we they saw a flood of people moving out during COVID, and then they're going to be moving back, uh, whether it's back to cities or whatnot, as, as we cut, sort of come out of COVID. But I think the most uh, concern is around the markets that maybe saw the most amount of people migrating to during COVID. You mean like Florida, things of that nature, where people just, I mean, I was in Florida last year. I thought everybody from New York, but a lot of people moved back because they realized, hey, you know what? This is great, but I really don't want to be here forever. And then there were some people that were probably ready to retire anyway. And, you know, when the market got crazy, they just said, oh, I might as well do it ahead of time. But I really, yeah. really think that you are such an expert. And so I want to give your information again. So they should go to L. Hmaiden at Insider.com? Uh, L-H-M-A-I-D-A-N at Insider.com. So if anyone out there has a successful real estate story, especially if they started from the ground up with little to no money, I want to hear their story. Please email me. Maybe, you know, do a feature story if it, if it fits my beat. Yeah, love to hear from them. Yes. Please do that, and if for some reason you're driving and you can't write this down, okay, because we don't want you to have any car accident, you can always send it to me, and I will make sure that Layla gets it. I hope 
that you will come on again. You are such an expert, and I'm thrilled that you were on. I hope that you have a great weekend, and I hope you'll come back in the next couple of months to keep us updated. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, and have a great weekend. You too. Okay, I, I also, you know, we have a, a few remaining minutes. I mean, I think we have about 10 minutes left. So I, I'd like to give you just my read, okay, on, first of all, if you're a seller and you're selling your house and now you're looking at, hey, you know, if I would have sold it a year ago, I would have gotten a lot more and maybe a little more. But now don't look at the past. Look at the current situation that we're in. Look at today. Don't go back and say, well, gee, I should have, could have, would have, because that's a waste of time. It doesn't do any good. But if you're selling your home now and, you know, people are reading bad news, so they might offer a lower offer. I, As I said before, listen to all offers and also make sure that you hear the terms because um, for me, if if it's a question of not too many dollars, I'd much rather have a person who has more money down because that's probably more secure. You can also offer many things to really sweeten the deal. And I don't think sellers sometimes become creative. But you consider, or you can, as a seller, consider offering an interest rate buy down. And what that is is that instead of lowering your price, okay, the seller offers to buy a buy down. In other words, they put the money towards the person, the buyer's mortgage, so that the buyer can get a lesser interest rate. And it is not. It's it's really no different than making a price break where the price comes down. But now what you're doing is you're you're taking that money and instead instead of making a price break, you're helping someone pay a lower interest rate, which for many people that is a big thing, okay? Offer to pay down their interest rate by a point or two at closing, and um, it directly addresses a pain point that many buyers are facing and will likely make less of an impact to you than you think. One or two percentage points is always going to be less than dropping your price, okay? You could also help today home buyers with big ticket items. If your home isn't newly built, is probably a boiler or an air conditioner. Make sure that maybe you fix it if it needs replacing. You can find little, little things to do. I am going to probably run out of time. I will continue with this because there are so many little tricks that aren't going to cost you as a seller much money. They're not going to cost you anything, and it will make your house sell much quicker. It looks like a great weekend. It's going to be hot today. Enjoy the sun, enjoy the 70 degree weather I think we're going to have. And we'll be Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank NA. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.